you have an assignment. I'm really going to build on what uh, Kristen taught uh, last week or, or Wednesday on what's called State Your Identity. So if you didn't hear that, it'd be well worth your time to go back and listen. And uh, we're just going to build on, uh, build on that. As far as I'm concerned, we're still in the summit meetings and we're still elevating. But today we have an assignment. Um, and that assignment will come towards the, uh, the end of what we're going to minister. Uh, Thursday morning, uh, I heard, uh, he said, um, need to go back and brushing up. He said, uh, make the people aware. So I'm going to minister to things I think you, I believe every one of you have a lot of revelation on. But uh, there's just times that we need to go back and um, remember what we already know and become sharp on it. But I want us to read this. Uh, there's a purpose for it towards the end of the service while we're reading this. So it's on your screen if you want to um, or read it. You can read your Bible, but if you don't have the Amplified, uh, we could do it in unison together. We're going to start at verse 16, and we're going to read the uh, all the way through the 23rd of the whole chapter, start at verse 16. And uh, I know you're familiar with this, but this is, uh, this is a Holy Spirit-inspired prayer that the Holy Spirit gave Paul for the church at Ephesus. Actually, there was two prayers. There's one here, and there's one in Ephesians chapter 3. Uh, both of these apply to you today. And uh, you'll see the purpose of what we're doing this in a few minutes. And so we're going to start at verse 16. This is the prayer. And uh, do we have it up? Uh, go ahead. Verse 16 in the Amplified. And y'all ready? Verse 16. He says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. For I always pray to God of our Lord. I can't hear any of y'all. Y'all, y'all reading with me? Really need y'all to read with me this morning. It's important that you're giving voice to what's being said. Uh, and you'll see the purpose for it. We're going to start at verse 16. I, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. For I always pray to God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you and how rich is the glorious inheritance in the saints, his set apart ones. And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, above every title that can be conferred, not only in this age, but in this world, but also in the age and the world which are to come. And he hath put all things under his feet and appointed him the universal and supreme head of the church, a headship exercised where? Throughout the church, a headship exercised throughout the church. Last verse, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. For in that body lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete, who fills everything everywhere with himself. Amen. I want you to go with me, if you will, to Joshua chapter 6. I'm going to read just a few verses here. And uh, that, that prayer that we just prayed... And y'all sounded really good that we prayed was a, once again inspired Holy Spirit prayer. And there's actually, you know, three components to it that Paul 
prayed that the, 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 the church at Ephesus would have a spirit of wisdom, revelation in the knowledge of, of God. Spirit of wisdom and revelation. In other words, then he said, I pray that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you would know what he has done. In other words, what he has called you to. And it had to do, and then the other part was for your inheritance. How many know we have an inheritance? Amen. The third part of that was that you would understand the power to us who believe. So he wanted you to have a spirit. He wanted your eyes, your spiritualized, to be enlightened. It's called revelation, right? He wanted you to see into the unseen realm. And he wanted you to see what he's already done for you. He wasn't, he wasn't leading us to pray, God, would you do, would you help us? He was wanting you to see God has helped you. You get it? I seek not to give thanks for you, making to mention you my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you a spirit and wisdom and revelation and knowledge him, the eyes of your understanding be light, that you may know the hope to which he has called you and the glory of your inheritance in the saints and the exceeding riches of his power to us who believe. According to the working of that mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. So he said Christ is the supreme head, but he exercises this headship through the body because we the body are the fullness of him. The fullness of him. So you're a big deal because Jesus is a big deal. So everything that God's going to do, he's going to do through the, through the uh through the body of Christ. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist Church, said this years ago concerning prayer. He said, it seemed like, this is years ago, hundreds of years ago, Paul, uh, John Wesley said, it seems like God is limited by our prayer life. It seems that he can't do much for, the, for humanity unless someone asks him to. He says, why this is, we really don't know. Well, Revelation is progressive and now we do know. Well, because we are his body. He's given you his word. He's given you his name. He's given you authority. You are his partner on, on earth. You are his representative. We can't go out and say things that he didn't say. Well, we could, but, that, but you're not representing him. Amen. You can't just make statements that he didn't make and say, I'm representing God. You may say, I want it to be this way. Well, if, it's, if he didn't say it, then you're really not representing him. If we send an ambassador from this country to another country and they're not representing the leadership of this country, then they're not, they're not representing us. They went there with their own views and their own ideas. So this morning, I intend to speak for him. Amen. 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 Amen because he has a message for you that he gave me on Thursday. So he said, kind of tighten some things up. He says, things are getting loose. He said, loose lips. You ever heard that saying, loose lips sink ships? So it won't take a lot. And so we want, to, we want to go back and remember a few things. But Joshua chapter 6, this is what he already did for Joshua. Now you understand there's no time with God. The time that God has right now is called now, right? He created time, but he created it for you and I. He doesn't live in it, but he understands it because he created it. But in Joshua chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel, and none went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into, the, given into your hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty man of valor. And you shall compass the city, all you men of war, and go round the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. So he starts off with, he, God, God takes him to Jericho, and he says, See, Joshua, I've given you this city. Well, present tense, uh, <laughs> the, the people of Jericho was occupying it but not in the mind of God. 
I love the call of God. Amen. You, you, uh, <laughs> I, I said this before. If you, if you offered me the whole world, a white picket fence, a white picket fence and gave me the key to the, to the world and say, now you'll have your Bible. God will love you. One day you go to heaven, but you're not ever going to be able to hear the, the Holy Spirit speak to you. But you can own the world. I can tell you what I do in a hurry. I was just saying that to you. And, and about them occupying what God said was theirs. And, the, and I heard down on the inside, he said, the enemy has some of their stuff. And he says, and I want it returned today. Amen. Hmm. Well, I'm glad two, three of you just got happy about that. He said, he says, I, I want it. I want it returned today. Amen. So the Lord told Joshua this. He says, see, I've given you into your hand Jericho. Well, there'd been no battle. Nothing had happened here. He didn't, he didn't tell them what the plan was yet. But as far as God concerned, the event's over. As far as God concerned, your stuff is back. Yeah. Woo, glory to God. Yeah. Now we know that he sent them around there and they were quiet for six days. You know, sometimes when, when things aren't going the way that you want to, sometimes we have a habit of getting quiet. And there is a time to be quiet, but then there's a time to speak up. And when the enemy's taking your stuff, it's time to talk. I said, when the enemies come to take and steal and destroy, huh? I mean, don't, don't, don't open the door and say all, all the valuables is back there in, in the so-and-so room and here's the key to it. No, that's not the time to do it, right? No, 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 we're, we're, we're going to talk. So we know in verse 16, it says, it came to pass, uh, Joshua 6, 16, it came to pass that at the seventh time, you know, this was, this was their, their uh, instructions. So the seventh time they passed, when the priest blew the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Yes. What, kind of, what kind of battle plan is that? Does that make any sense to you? These are, these are fortified walls. You've heard me say before I studied this years ago. These, the, these walls are so wide, they have chariot races on the top of it. Shouting doesn't really work. Let me try it. I mean, just go to a brick comb. Forget brick comb. Just do it to a frame house. Just, you know, whatever. Just do it to a tent that's been put up good and just shout. It doesn't, you know. but, when, but, when, but when God says it's coming down, Amen. it's coming down. And so uh, it, he says, so shout for the Lord's giving you the city and the city will be accursed, even it and all therein. And, and of course, you know, that he was telling them about Rahab, you know, and there was a covenant that she had made with them. In verse 20 said, the people shouted when the priest blew with the trumpet and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet that the people shouted with a great shout and the walls fell down flat so that the people went up into the city and every man straight before him and they took the city. So they shouted about God's destruction on the seventh time and the walls fell down. Um, I want to tell you this morning before we get started, I'm, I, I'm saying this to you. I'm not, you, you think I'm preaching to you and I am. But I'm really just making a, a prophetic declaration. The walls are getting weaker as we talk this morning. <laughs> getting really weak. How many believe that there's a spirit realm? How many believe that realm created this realm? How many this realm didn't create the heavenly realm? Are, are y'all on the same planet? How many think anybody here create God? Anyone, anyone here give life to Jesus? No. So that realm created this realm. So what we're, what we're constantly doing is we're working in two worlds all the time. Jesus said, I'm not of this world because there's another world. And he said, they're not of this world because of their me. So, so while we're here, even though most Christians would like to get out of here, and I understand that, you know, 
Our, our day is different, but there was going to be a generation that was alive when Jesus came back. That generation was going to look different than it was 100 years ago or 200 years ago. You know, when I, when I went to school and got in trouble, it was like I wrote lines. I will not chew gum in class. I will not chew gum in class. I mean, you, but now it's like I will not bring a 38 revolver to class. I will not shoot my teacher in class. You know. So things have changed a little bit, right? And you got all kind of situations we won't get into. So we, 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 know, we know that we're, if we're not in the end days, we're quickly approaching. How many of we're close to that we were yesterday? I didn't take a whole lot of figure to do that. So we're, we're much closer than we are now, and we know the signs and the signals that he's given us. The, the, the rapture, the rapture, uh, I mean, can happen just any time, at any time. People say, well, no, the whole gospel's got to be pre preached everywhere before Jesus comes. That's an incorrect uh, translation of Matthew chapter 24, because they're still preaching after we're gone. Half the population that will be left here will be saved. They'll go through a tribulation. And the second 42 months is called the Great Tribulation just because the stress of it's even worse. But there's still people going to be saved. Half the population, according to scriptures, will receive Jesus after we're gone. But you'll be at the marriage supper of the Lamb, won't you? You'll be at the reward seat, won't you? How many are you going to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb? Looking forward to it. <clears throat> With all your friends and family. Praise the Lord. And so we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna have a big time. Well, so uh, f faith does this. God is a God of faith. So God, God declares what is right now, even though he, he understands the time. He understands the struggle in front of you. But he already knows that you have the victory. The way God does everything is he creates something. He go, he, it's God's idea, and he chooses the person for it. So he goes from the beginning to the very end. I wish I had time to give you all the scriptures. But he goes from the beginning, goes to the end, and he doesn't start you till he's finished. Now, that, that, he starts when it's finished. He, he never starts and works it out along the way. We're, we're thinking he does that because progressively that's how we do it in, in this realm, in this body, that we think progressively we, we are working this detail out. That's absolutely incorrect. God never starts anything without already knowing how the thing's already finished. Amen. Huh? And so, and, and so he even told Abraham, your people one day will go in bondage and they'll be there. He told them exactly how many years they're going to be there. They're going to cry out and I'll go deliver them. Well, they weren't even in bondage before the 430 years. So I'm, it looks like God might know the future. I'm still studying all that. Don't want to come out too strong with that. You know, and preach no heresy. But I, I, it looks like God knows what he's doing and knows all of it. Could, could be. How many of y'all... You can see some indications of it. You know, we, want, we, don't, we don't want to be called, you know, heretics, nothing like that, you know. But it looks like God knows the future. Y'all do know I'm kidding, right? Amen. Don't, please don't write me a letter next week like that. So that was just a bad joke. Now, so <clears throat> how are we going to do this? Well, there's two parts because we're going to tighten up on this. Um, you don't have to go there. You can just listen. But if you want, you make a note. This is a scripture that I've always said is hardly ever preached, but it's, so, it's just so powerful that we need to hear about it. So we're talking about the word and we're talking about the spoken word because that's how, that's how you rule and reign with authority. You do it with faith and you do it with words. You don't, you don't do it any way. You, you, you may not like that God chose it that way, but that's what he chose. Huh? You can't choose whether or not you're going to rule and reign with words. You can't choose that. God decided. But you can, change, you can determine what words you're going to rule by. Either you're going to, either you're going to rule or you're going to be ruled. Either you're going to be in charge or someone's going to have charge over you or something. <laughs> so uh, uh, I, I'll give you a little preview of the next few minutes. 
everyone in here could raise their hands to some degree this that, that you've you've been believing God for certain things, but there's a little feeling of it, you feel hemmed in. Some people would call it stuck. Some is like, you know, I, I've been here something like this is a place forever. I've been believing God for this forever. I've been believing God, you know, to, to do this. And I had a vision. I have a plan. I have all this. And you've made advancements. And thank God you made advancements. But sometimes has some of you ever felt just a little bit stuck? I'm, I'm going to be the only one in here. Okay, somebody feel just a little bit stuck? That's what we're going to deal with today. Jericho's coming down. Amen. Jericho's coming down. I wasn't looking for this message. It, it, it was looking for me. I didn't ask for this one Thursday. It came and found me. Actually, I had another message. I just thought he was talking to me. I spent five hours s Sunday uh, getting ready for today. And then I woke up Saturday morning. He says, that ain't for, that ain't for Sunday. I said, well, thanks. And I started <laughs> he said, Thursday, I wasn't talking just to you. The church needs this. Then he added on the B part this morning, Amen. this morning. So uh, Jeremiah 23, and I'm still in the Amplified, yeah. verse 29, or 28 and 29, says, The prophet who has a dream, let him tell his dream. But he who has my word, let him speak my word faithfully. What has straw in common with wheat? For nourishment, says the Lord. Now listen to this, verse 29, Amplify. Is not my word like fire? Is not my word like fire? Or if you're in Alabama, Mississippi, you can say far. Four. I remember we moved here from Michigan in 1968. My dad told me, he says, the first year I was here, he said, I think I'm going to have to have an interpreter to go to work. I don't have a clue what they're saying. <laughs> He said they were saying yonder, and he said, "What?" He come home and asked my mom because she's from here. She moved to Detroit. Then they come back here, and he had he come home. He says, "What's yonder?" She said, "Well, that means over the holler." He says, "A holler?" He says, "I know what holler is. What do you mean over the holler?" Well, over the hill too. He says, "It took me about a whole year." He says, "I really thought I was going to have, to have an interpreter to go to work," and he really didn't know what to do with mom and them, or or, or which you did you. I mean, like. <clears throat> You don't have your knife. You don't have your knife there with you, did you? With you, did you? <laughs> we kind of butcher the English language. Have you noticed that? But it has a charm of its own. Verse 29, it says, It's not my word like fire that consumes all that cannot endure the test, says the Lord. Now listen. And like a hammer, the word is, the word is like a hammer that breaks in pieces the rock of the most stubborn resistance. Is that not good? We may have to receive another offering if I read any more. I don't, I don't know. I mean, my word is like a hammer. You know, there's different hammers. There's little Tonka hammers. You know, we, we got our kids those little wooden things, you know, and they put the little wooden pegs with, you know, and that, that was fun for a while until they beat their fingers up. And then they, but anyway, but then, but then you get a little 16-ounce hammer, but then there's something called a sledgehammer. But then you get beyond a sledgehammer, can't you? You can get a jackhammer. You ever run a jackhammer? I have. Actually, it kind of ran me. I didn't really run it. And it, it'll jolt you, but it, it, it's for a bigger job, right? I mean, you don't, you don't put a nail in with it. That's, that's not what it's for, but you're there to break something up. He said, well, that's what my word does. He said, it, it breaks up and destroys things of the most stubborn resistance. You have some resistance against you. He told me to get it off of you. That was my assignment. He says, tell them to get, tell them what I'm telling you. And if they'll cooperate with you, he said, I'll break it today. Now, uh, because I have a, a sign, but we have to go quickly. Revelations chapter one, and this is actually our, our title for today. It's still under Elevate, but it's called The Right to Rule. 
These are the things that I think you're most familiar with, and then we'll go to another place. Revelations chapter 1, verse 5 and 6 in the King James says, And from Jesus Christ, who is your faithful witness, he's the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth. Unto him who loved us, and he washed us from our sins in his own blood. And he hath made us kings and priests. Made you what? Kings and priests. Unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So God hath made us kings and priests. This is who I'm speaking to this morning. Kings and priests. I know, you're, I know you're believers, I know you're Christians, I, I know you're children of God, but you're actually in this room kings and priests. Amen. You don't mind me addressing you that way, do you? Amen. So, kings, what do, what do kings do? Well, kings reign. They rule, they reign. Now, he's not trying to make you kings or a priest. He's already made you a king and priest. How many believe the word of God? Now, if I preach against your experience and you bring this word down to your experience, it's not going to help you. You can't bring the word down to your experience today and expect to elevate. If you come up and say, yeah, but you don't know what I've been through, you just discounted everything. Huh? Look here. You've already got the problem. Right? Well, if you already have the problem, would you like to get rid of it? You already have the problem. So why not do something different? Amen. Now, if I make stuff up, you know, you can come say, well, that's not in the Bible. Well, I'm just trying to help you. Well, that's not help, but I, I'm, I'm going to stay right in this word. Right in this word. So if you have an argument, take it up with him after church. <laughs> Amen. You know, preachers give too much commentary sometimes. I, I do too, but I, I generally try to say this is something that I'm saying that my name's Eric and this is what I'm, I, I try to make a, a, a claim and let you know this, say law, think about it, do what you want to with it. Y'all know that's my pattern. When I say this is something that I've been looking at, it, it, it looks to me as if, but I, I try to make the disclaimer to say, you look and see what you think about that. But there's nothing that you can say about this. He said, Jesus washed you with his own blood and, and he, he, de he decrees over you that you are a king and priest. He needs you to be that. Why? Because you're his representative on the earth. He, did, he didn't need wannabes, hope to bees, need to bees. He needed, he needed some people who could lead. He needed some people who could, he needed some people who could orchestrate heaven on earth. Like I said, the, the whole, you know, a lot of the church wants to get out of here and get out of the situations and go to heaven. Well, that'd be, that, that's wonderful. That'd be a wonderful place. It's a great day. But the church has a rapture mentality. Instead of a dominion mentality, a dominion. In other words, you're here to dominate, not people, but Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Amen. It's our job to get his work out of their life. Amen. Amen. And, and, and there's things, you know, Revelation has always been progressive. And so people learn things and they see Things. I mean, John G. Lake, you know, uh, Curry's putting together, I don't know when it's all going to be together, but he's putting together uh, some of the, uh, John G. Lake's teaching. He says, because, you know, whether you, he said, whether you understand it or not, I understand it. He says, because the ministry was given to me, so I have everything that he's ever preached. I have his Bible, I have, I have everything. And he says, so I, I, I can see where he preached sermons, and then five years he wouldn't preach it that way because he saw more light. So even in the book some of us have, you know, with the African front on it, is that big? 
whether you realize now that that book is not in the order of what he saw when he saw it, because if you're paying close attention, you'll be in chapter three, then chapter five or chapter six, which may be years later. He has greater light. He has greater revelation. I've always said this way. You, you might have prayed a prayer, something like this. I did. I was taught this as a kid. When time to go to bed at night, now I lay me down to sleep and pray to the Lord. My brother washed his feet in the same room. No. How many of y'all prayed a prayer, you know, not, not the feet thing? If I should die before I wake up, praise the Lord, my soul take amen. How many of you prayed that last night? Amen. I see those hands. Praise the Lord. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, we didn't. And that was fine, right? That, that, that's the ABCs. But the Lord wants you to come out of kindergarten. Needs you to rule now. You got to get your head strong enough to hold up a crown. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's crown time. I like crowns. So kings rule and they reign. He's not trying to make you that. That's what you are. So it's the truth that say, say it, is, it is the truth that we are kings and priests. So that applies to you right now. Right. Not today. It's not based on your education, your social status, your race, your age, your stature or your personality. Thank God for that. Aren't you glad of that? It's in Christ alone that he hath made you more than a conqueror triumphing in him. These are things that I believe that you know. Here's, here's a powerful verse. Uh, Rick Renner uses this as his signature verse. I like it. It's, it's powerful. It's Ecclesiastes 8.4. You can write down if you want to look at it later. It says, where the word of a king is, there's power. And, you, and you're who? You, you're kings and priests. Where the word of a king is, there's power. And who's going to say unto him, what, do, what doest thou? Who's going to say to the king, what do you think you're doing? Not if you like to keep your head. Remember? So, where the word of a king is, there's power. And you are a king. Power is released when you talk. Power is released when you talk. That means we have to be cautious and we have to be very specific about the words that we use. We won't go there, but Matthew 12 tells you at the end times when you stand before the judgment, not, not for your sins, but for your life, what you're here called to do. Part of that judgment will include the, your words because you are kings and priests. That you know that you have the right to rule and reign. Everything, that, everything that's going on in your life it comes through thoughts and it comes through words. And un until you have control of them, they have control of you. So something or someone's running your life. It ought to be, it, it ought to be you. Amen. Something or someone, some entity, if not you, is running your life. And I'm going to tell you it ought to be you. Y'all okay? Amen. So where the word of a king is, that's you. There's power. Now, here's a verse you know very well. I, I'm, I'm giving the reference, but I, I don't really have time to turn to all of them. And I apologize for that. But Mark 11, 23, I think you know it very well. It says, for verily I... Can, can we put that up in the King James? Miss Grace, this is Grace's place, so I have to ask her. Yeah, Grace's place. She just lets me come to work every now and then and have fun. Mark eleven twenty three, just in the King James. You see where it says, for verily I say unto you, when we get to the word you, I want you to say king, then put your name. Like I have King Eric, for verily... I, for verily I say unto King Eric. Can you do that? Put your name in it though. For verily I say unto King. 
Oh, come on, be bold about your king or queen, right? For verily I say unto... Oh, just one more time, just, just a little bit better maybe to convince your soul. For verily I say unto a king... And you can be a queen, you don't have to be a king. Right? I mean, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a woman. Thank God I'm not a woman. I watched her give birth four times and I was just thanking God. Oh, thank you. Jesus, I'm not a woman. Praise the Lord. Number three was born 30 minutes after we got there. I wondered why she was going through all this. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't like the last times. She was hollering and screaming and carrying on. And we got to the hospital in Montgomery and she yelled. We got into the emergency and she yelled, the woman, give me a wheelchair. And I was like, oh, my God. She was having uh, contractions and they weren't like, so I'm just used to how it's been the last two. And she says, speed up, we gotta go. Speed up, we gotta go. And I thought, I, I, you think this is gonna be quicker? She said, uh-huh. Well, I thought, well, I, I'm used to getting there and we got a day and a half you know, to have a child. And, uh, or a day, or you know, several hours anyway. And uh, she'd have a contraction then. So I got up to 100 miles an hour plus in a minivan. And she put the windows down every time a contraction would come. She said, put your window down, she wanted air. And so we're going 65, you know, like one or two o'clock in the morning at 110. And I'm like, you know, while the wind is down because the wind is like. And so, so I got there, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't any smartphones or dumb phones. There wasn't any kind of phones. And so I, I told the doctor, I said, I'm going to be right back. I forgot. I'm going to go get my camera out in the car. And he says, uh. Uh, camera in the car. He said, do you want to see your child born? I said, yeah. He says, you need to stay here right now. I says, he says, your wife's ready to deliver. I said, my wife is Michelle. He said, I, I know. <laughs> well, he should know. He'd been taking our money, you know, for, uh, for nine months. He says, the, the, the crown of the head's already there. I said, really? I said, that's why she was acting up. He says, there you go. <laughs> so they gave her, uh, you know, an epidural, but she might as well have had it natural. And, uh, so he said, you don't have time to get a camera. So I think, I think uh, Amy was born like 31, 32 minutes after we got there. I got to think about that all day long. I could have been on 65. Thank God. Amen. Thank God for vehicles and speeding. <laughs> so verily I say unto, what? Say, uh, so, so Eric, say unto this mountain. What mountain? What's a mountain? What could be a mountain? Y'all tell me, what could be a mountain? Any problem, you said? Then get, then get specific now. I'm not saying your problem, but what could be a problem? Sickness. Poverty. Addiction. Fear. I mean, it's just a list of things, right? So, so, what, so what did, how did Jesus tell us to deal with problems? He said, hey, king... Say unto this sickness, say unto this doubt, say unto this fear, right? Be what? Notice it didn't say settle down. <laughs> if the pain's at 10, go to seven right now. <laughs> Notice he didn't tell you to climb the mountain. I watch Christians post things sometimes on Facebook and all, all kind of things. And I, and I, I never you know, say anything to them, but, but it's like, you know, they, they're talking about the scriptures and they said, that's why God gave us a shovel to pick. And I'm thinking, no, 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 he, no, he didn't, he didn't give you a shovel to pick, you know, to, to level the mountain, you know, naturally. He told, he told you to talk to it and be removed. 
Amen. In other words, he's telling you to have a conversation with it. Now, we know he's talking in this same passage about the fig tree, right? I mean, I mean, no, Jesus is the wisdom of God, but he, he was he was actually the creator of the world. Right. So. So here you have the king of glory, the creator of the world talking to a tree. How do you think Jesus is intelligent? How do you think God's intelligent? God talked to a tree. The, the most intelligent being that ever will exist is having a conversation with a tree. And say, well, I feel weird doing this. You're, you're in good company. Jesus talked to a tree. Someone said he cussed it. No, he didn't cuss it. He cursed it. He cursed it. Actually, he didn't even. Well, it is a curse, but actually he didn't use the word curse. Peter used it. Then coming back the next day, he said, Master, the fig tree that you cursed. Jesus didn't even use the word curse. He just spoke nine words. No man shall eat fruit of thee hereafter. He didn't get out his Charles Chaps book. He didn't speak the whole. <laughs> you know, he wasn't, reading from, he wasn't reading from the King Jimmy, James, their cousins. But anyway, no, he just spoke nine words to it. Sometimes we think we have to do a lot of talking. That's not so. My mother never talked to me very often when she wanted something done. She did one or two times, but then I learned it didn't take her that many words for me to understand when I understood the process of what happens after the when she says, I want you to go do something now, then at, because I went through the not doing it, I then understood. Mother wants this done now. Move. Amen. So Jesus just spoke these nine simple words. No man shall eat fruit of thee hereafter. And the fig tree was in the process of dying, but you couldn't see it. 24 hours later, you could see it. But where did it die? Did it die from the top to the bottom or the bottom to the top? Most things that you are speaking to, you can't see. So you still sense it. You still feel it. The complications are still there. It looks like it's ignoring you. But I'm telling you, you can't let your mind or your thoughts or your words go based on what you see because you are a seeing spirit. In other words, you have to look into the realm of the spirit and agree with God. I mean, it looked like the one who created trees when he spoke to it. You, you think it just go. Phew. And I guess it could do that. But he spoke to it, and then he let the process of the spoken word do, have due course. Words somehow got into the ground and killed a tree. He didn't have an axe. He didn't, he didn't dig it up with a shovel. He didn't spray poison on it. Jesus looked at it, said, there's no fruit on you. You're, 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 you're not fulfilling your purpose. There's no reason for you to exist. So no man will eat fruit of you hereafter. And those words, somehow this tree could hear words. And the faith of Jesus had dominion over creation. You have dominion over creation, not people, creation. We know that from Genesis 1. Several times in creation, he said, and God said, and God said, and God said, and God said, you know, the light, the firmament, da 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 the animal. And God said, and God said, and God said, and then when he, then he said, God saw. What did God see? He saw what he said. You know these things. And he said this, and it's good. So there's something that we do between seeing or, or saying and seeing. We, 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 we're, we're in the place of people say, well, I'm waiting on the manifestation. We have to be really careful. People in word circles they're waiting on manifestations for 50 years. 
you're probably on the wrong road. Huh? I, I don't have a specific time what it is, but it doesn't take it doesn't take 50 years. Amen. There are some things that God had people speak in the old covenant because they had to be decreed because the whole Bible is prophetic. The central theme figure of the whole Bible is Jesus from the Old Testament to every prophet minor major spoke of a Messiah that would come. So in the Old Testament, Jesus was concealed in the New Testament. He was what? Revealed. So there's uh, Joshua spoke some things. It took 600 years for it to come to pass, but it had, it had to be spoken so it could come to pass. Jesus spoke to the serpent. Remember in Genesis about the woman and what you've done here. And he says, and her seed one day, her seed will come and his heel will bruise your head. Well, that, he didn't come the next Thursday. Hmm. I mean, we like it to work that way. I like microwave prayers, <laughs> popcorn, you know. All right. I mean, 40 seconds. I'm, wait, I'm waiting for some popping. <laughs> but how, how many know that it, it has to heat up, right? Yes. And it has to go a few rounds. And after a while, you hear pop, 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 pop. But in that last minute, 45 seconds to a minute, it's like pop, 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 right? There's, there's a lot of popping at the end. We're just waiting on the first minute and a half. But that's, that's our society. That's our society. We're, we're, we're looking for instantaneous. I, I, I want the restaurants, and I won't call the names, I want the restaurants on the, uh, the, the two that we have here that serve fast food, I want them to act like Chick-fil-A. I think Chick-fil-A should run the government. That's just my personal opinion. Eric said that. It's not in the Bible. Don't, don't look for it. Right? I mean, I don't know if those really kids are, 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 are thankful for my business or not, but I'm glad they're making them say it. <laughs> After that, the, you know, because faith comes by hearing. Right. And here is my pet peeve, and I'll get off of it. <laughs> I, I, I don't like to hear no problem. When I'm paying you to do something, that's just me because I'm, I'm 60 years old. In my generation, when someone paid you to do something, we didn't tell them no problem. Because if I'm paying you, baby, it ain't supposed to be a problem. What is the reciprocal of no problem? There's a problem. <laughs> right? So if I'm paying you, there's not supposed to be a problem. Mr. Clint, you understand that very well. You're, you're, you're being, it's not supposed to be. A, now, if someone comes over and helps you do something for free, comes to your house, you could say no problem. If, if they said, if you told them thank you, they said no problem, that's fine. You didn't pay them to come do it. But if I'm paying you, it ain't supposed to be a problem, honey. I know I'm not ever going to change that, but every now and then I have to get it out of my soul just a little bit. <laughs> Eric feels better. Hallelujah. Y'all do see the point, though, don't you? Amen. Amen. Just try to tell the Lord that. So I will, Lord, no problem. It's not supposed to be a problem. Amen. Let me get off that. I don't know who pulled me over there in the spirit. <laughs> so Jesus did not say when he spoke to this mountain, he said, tell the mountain to be removed, cast in the sea, and don't doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. So, so, so when do you believe that you receive? According to the scripture. When you, when, when you say it, right? Now, Mark eleven twenty four 24 is really the same as Mark eleven twenty three, but Mark eleven twenty three is saying, Mark eleven twenty four 24 is praying. 
Brother Hagin noted this. Jesus told him one time in Mark eleven twenty three. He said, did you notice the word say is in there more times than the word believe? He said, most of the time, you're not going to have to work with people on the believing part. What you're going to have to do is emphasize the saying part. That was a revelation. Because a lot of times we believe, but we don't give voice to what we believe. See, if you don't speak and you're a speaking spirit, that's what Genesis chapter 2 says. says he made you a speaking spirit. So if you don't speak the word of God, you have to live on the same level of benefits of someone that doesn't belong to an unbeliever. And you don't want to do that. You, you want this word to work like a hammer that breaks the most stubborn things into resistance. The, the, the thing that's stubborn. Here, I, I'm almost coming close to the end. This is what it's going to look like. You've been, you've been speaking about things. You've been decreeing things. You've been declaring things. But there are some times that they're, they're not every time. So don't think every time that you know, that you got a boo-boo, the devil came after you. He, he, he's, he's not come after you every time. He don't have time. He doesn't have enough employees. He doesn't. He, he's overworked and underpaid. He's not paid at all. But so just because you scrape your knee or whatever, it, it, it's not always the devil. Some of, some of it's just life. Amen. But and then some of us, he put trains of thoughts into us that he'll know that we'll sabotage our, ourselves. And he doesn't even have to get involved in it. But here he says that you speak to the mountain and it shall obey you. Well, we, we know that when a man and woman come together and, uh, and a child comes forth, we know there's an embryo. But we know the child's not born the next day, that there's a period of time of approximately nine months, right? But you don't see the child, but you believe there's a child. Now, I know that they'll go in there and they'll show you with ultrasound and all that, and you can see parts of that child as it's moving, but I'm just saying you don't physically have access to that child then because it takes nine months. If you plant a garden, whether it's flower or vegetables or fruits, you put the seed, and where do you, where, where do you put the seed? Well, you put it in the ground, cover it up. Well, no, you can no longer see the seed, but you understand how this works, and you have no problem believing that if you planted squash, given in the right soil and the right conditions that you're going to have a harvest of squash. Why would you believe that you would put seed that's going to somehow turn into squash and then you put it in the dirt and cover it up? But you do believe that, right? Because that's the way it works. It works the same way with the word. You put the seed into the heart, into your soil, right? That's the parable of the sower. And, the man, and he says the man will sleep night and day, night and day, night and day, he says, and then harvest, first there'll be the blade. That's not time to eat. Then there'll be the corn, then the full corn of the ear. You can see the progression to it. But you don't get freaked out because you went and planted corn on Tuesday and you woke up on Thursday and you didn't have a stalk of corn. You wasn't expecting it and you shouldn't expect it. It doesn't work that way. Now, in, in the instantaneous part of miracles, miracles instantaneous. We like miracles. But by and large, most of the time, there's going to be a progression of time. Genesis 8 said it's like this, as long as the earth remains. How many of you believe this is earth? Amen. That's most everyone here. We're doing better. Uh, and, and Genesis 8, as long as the earth remains, there'll be seed, time, and harvest. There'll be seed, time, and harvest. But if you don't plant a seed with your words into the soil, you have no harvest coming. Give, and it shall be given. Not 
not give after it's given, give and it shall be given. So when we receive income from anywhere, we take the, the first part of it, the first fruits off the top, not, not, not what we can afford. Now, I, I didn't start that way. I wished I had. 1990, when I was hearing this stuff, I, 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 I've been in church all my life. I knew about giving, but that was my, what my parents was doing. But now it's my time. And I was like most Americans, spending about 30% more than what I made. It's called credit cards. Y'all know what they are? How many of you ever uh, cut up a credit card? I have. And I want to tell you, that things are powerful. They will resurrect themselves. And they'll send another one to you and give you a whole different status. You are such a wonderful person. You have now been elevated to the gold status. You can owe us 30000 instead of 20000 then how many know the, the interest rate starts creeping up? Because they know you like some change in your life. Yeah, they, they have power to just, just cut them up and send them away. Well, so what I'm telling you, what's happening is you've you, you spoken the word and you sent some things out. But what we're headed to in just a minute is there are times that you have resistance. And when you have that kind of resistance, there's times, and that's what he spoke to me, Thursday, then this morning. So there's resistance here. He says that I'm going to get involved now. Amen. Now, you're a king, right? So, so he's telling me, tell you, it's time for you to rule. It's time to reign over your circumstances. Now, you, you know these verses, but in Romans 5, 17, it says, Much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Christ Jesus. He said, so there, there's two components here. You only need two things to rule and reign. You, you need the abundance of grace. I like that abundance. He said, I'm going to give you the abundance of grace. And I'm going to give you a gift of righteousness. Abundance of grace, gift of righteousness. By these two things, you're reigning and, and through Jesus. So you've been, given the, you've been given the ability and the right to choose. So you have the right to choose, the right to live, and the right to rule. Well, he said, choose life or choose death. There's choose. He's come to give you life. That's your choice. And you have the right to rule. True? But you have to begin to speak that what you say that you believe. You can't take it until you talk it. You got to begin to you got to begin to take it after you've released the words and talked it. You're you're not going to stumble into the land of more than enough. And how did I get here? You, you you do have an adversary, and he doesn't like you not even a little bit. It's it's not so much you. It really isn't. It's just because you're you're the object of God's love, and he hates God. So the way he, he, he most hurts God is by hurting you. <clears throat> but we've come here today to put some hurt on him. <laughs> if you mess everything up from today to the end of your life, if you just, I don't like this word, but if you just screw everything up to the end of your life and you're a believer, you're still going to heaven. If, if, he, if he gets on his best behavior, which he won't from here, he's still headed to hell forever. Amen. So he thinks, you're, he thinks he's going to convince you you're having a bad day. He wants to talk to you about your future. Have you, have you read about your future? Oh my gosh. Have you read about your future? Have you read about his? No, see, he always wants to talk to you about your future. Has he ever come to you talking about his future? 
He hasn't, has he? I mean, he's never talked to me one time about his future. He always talked to me about what, what mine looks like. And so many times, I, and I learned this from Brother Hagin. He says, just if you get off, get off by yourself. And I'd be in the church a lot of times by myself during the week. And he says, well, like this and all that. And that ain't going to happen. This ain't happening. They left and they came and like this. And you, you ain't got the money for that. And I said, you know, and, you, and you're not going to make it. No. And I says, devil, shut up. I bind you. I bind you to that chair. I'd be on a Tuesday in church and I'd bind him to a chair. He said, whatever you bind on earth, bind in heaven. And so I, and I would just read him the Bible. I'd read it. I read him about his future. Because because the thought would always come to, you know, in some form, it'd be like this. What are you going to do? Have you ever thought, what am I going to do about this? Do you don't think the Holy Spirit was asking you, do you? Like, what are we going to do? That's not the Holy Spirit, right? If the Holy Spirit's asking you, this is this is bad. This is I mean, this, this is a bad situation. If the Holy Spirit's asking you, I don't know what we're going to do. So, you know, it's not the Holy Spirit. You, you know, those thoughts are either in the soul or it's demonic, right? So I, I'll go to Revelations where it says one angel is going to come get him. One. one. I thought it was going to be a thousand. This is one angel is going to come with one chain and put him in a pit for a thousand years. So I, I'd look and I said, look right here. I says, I don't know the exact time, but one, just one. I don't even know what the angel's name is, but he knows what your name is. And he's going to have a chain and he's going to get you all by himself and take you to I made this several syllables. Hey, <laughs> And he's going to bind you in a pit for a thousand years. And we're going to be rid of you for a thousand years. Yeah. Then I said, what are you going to do? Because <laughs> he's always wanted to ask me, what am I going to do? I said, so what are you going to do? <laughs> then he quit harassing me. And, I said, and then he says, It'd be like peace. I said, oh, no, 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 no. We, we, we're not through. We're not through. I said, now, we know that you're loose for a season after that. But it says you just go to do the same thing. And I said, uh, you go to deceive the nations. And that's all the tool that you've ever had is deception because you don't have power. You have deception. Yeah. And then people believe the deception. And they fall for the lie. Then he uses. He doesn't have power. So he uses yours. Yeah. See what I'm saying? He uses yours. And so. I said, but, you know, there's going to be a war and you know about it. I said, I don't know if you read the rest of Revelation, but it, it, it lasts about 60 seconds. I mean, I mean, 60 minutes. It's not like we're going to fight for 60 minutes. The Lord just wants to stretch it out for a little, a little extra fun. Yeah. I said, and then after that one hour, he comes back and he binds you in the pit forever in hell and torment. I said, I just need to know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I may not have got healed. I may not have got my, my, the bills paid on time, uh, whatever, but I'm going to heaven. Also, if I mess everything up, I'm going to heaven. I'm going to walk in on streets of gold. You're going to be walking on streets of flames. So what in hell are you going to do in hell? And, and he'll go find someone else to pick on for a while. He, he won't visit you for a minute or two. I can tell you that. I, that works every time. That's worth coming to church for right there. Hallelujah. So if you have a problem with your body, the Lord told me to tell you to talk to it. Oh, you don't know how bad it is. Shut up. I know, I, I know, our, I know we want to tell people how bad it is and what I can't do and 
and how bad it's been and you just don't know. I mean, the soul really wants, you know, because we want compassion and we just need to tell someone how bad it is. How bad it is. Do not do that. Do not do that. What you're doing is not releasing faith. You're, 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 releasing, you're releasing unbelief. You're giving everything the enemy needs to work with. When you say, I don't think I can take it no more, the enemy says, did you hear that? He can't take much more. Put it on, George. Because he, he can't take much more. <laughs> you ought to get up every morning and say, I'm going to run the devil 37 miles. I'm going to run 24 devils 36 miles. And then I'll have breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> I ate them and spit them out for breakfast. <laughs> See? So the spirit of faith has to have an attitude. Second yeah. Corinthians 4 says you have the same spirit of faith he had, yeah. but, but it's contagious. But you can't, you can't get the spirit of faith if someone doesn't have it. If you had the flu, I could get it from you, right? If you had it, we'd come in close contact because you would be contagious. And if I was shared your space, I could get that. But if you don't have faith, it's not going to rub off on me. But if you do have faith, I, I can catch up on that spirit. Man, I got some wonderful people in my life that has the spirit of faith and I get around them because it, it brings me up to their level. But I've had some people that like to go the other way. They know how everything ain't going to work. For every solution that you have, they got a reason why that ain't going to work. Yeah, you just don't know. Most of my counselors are like, oh, Pastor, you know, I, I know that already, Pastor. Pastor, I know that, but you just don't understand, Pastor. And I'm like, oh. Well, if you came for me to help, and if this ain't working, I mean, what what'd you want me to pull out? The, 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 the Reader's Digest? I mean, uh, right? But this works. This works. But, but it didn't say the just shall live by an experiment. The just shall live by faith. This is what you do every day. So if you have a, if you have a situation, talk to it. Amen. If your eyes are giving you trouble, speak to them. If you have trouble hearing, speak to your ears. If you have one leg shorter than the other, cut the other one I mean, now speak to the other one. Speak to the other one and grow it out. I never thought about this before because <clears throat> we've grown out legs. That, that, that's nothing. Charismatics was doing that back in the 70s and 80s. And use the one shorter than the other. We never, we never, I never thought about doing this, like taking the longer one and grow it back in. Or, or, or uh, re retract. <laughs> Say, hey, hey, Tom, do you want to be shorter or taller? <laughs> Most of everybody wants to be a little bit taller. I said, now if I do this, it's going to work, but you're going to have to go buy some new britches. <laughs> Most I've ever saw a leg grow out, it took about, I don't know, two minutes, six inches. Watched a man's leg grow out in our church who had a steel brace and screws. Pastor Buzzy did it. He said, come on up here. He said, y'all ever seen this? He said, ain't nothing to it. He said, Charismatics did this, you know, and he's from Arkansas, talking that Arkansas vernacular. He said, ah, ain't nothing but a little pull job. I said, what now? He said, you know, we're going to pull his leg out. I said, a little pull job. He said, Charismatics been doing that. He said, if anyone ever got it in the body of Christ, it belongs to all of us. He said, come on up here. So, uh, so some of y'all was there, right? And he come and put us on the front stage, and, and this guy's had fallen, had fallen off on a job, and, he, and they had to cut bone and all kind of stuff. And he had screws and bolts and everything. And he had, a, he had a shoe like five or six inches. And so Pastor Buzzy just grew his leg up. 
Well, he, he, he got up from the chair and he, uh, he had on these shoes, but you know, he was up and he, and he went the other way. And Buddy said, I think you're going to have to go to the house flat-footed tonight. Get you some new normal shoes. Then he called me the next morning. Same thing, little Buddy. I felt like Gilligan. And he says, uh, no, no, let me ask you a question. He said, just curious. He said, do you think the Lord will move the steel and the screws or do he stretch it? I said, I don't know. He said, I sure would like to find out. Amen. I don't know what he did, but all I knew is that man was this much shorter on one leg and then he pulled it out. That's a miracle, right? Amen. If not, just try it sometime on your own. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, remember he's 100% God, 100% Christ. Now let's get to the, the really good part. Now, 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says this, that, that, we are, that we have, you are three components, spirit, soul, and body, right? Y'all know this, 1 Corinthians 5.23? I'm abbreviating because y'all are trained. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says you are spirit, you have soul and body in that order. A lot of people say body, you know, body soul, and spirit. They put spirit last. But let's put spirit where it belongs, front. You are, you are a spirit, you have a soul, and then you live in a body, which means you are the custodian of your own body. You are. God spoke to the world because it was in chaos from the pre-Adamic world. In Genesis 1, 3, when the earth was in a chaotic mess, God said, let there be light, which means he put things back in order. Time for us to put things back in order. Are y'all all right? Amen. Now, we have to learn how to harness the power, and you do that by harnessing your thoughts and your words. Remember this, you are a child, which means you're a son or daughter. You are his representative. You're the representative of Christ in this earth. You, you represent heaven and earth. You're working in two worlds all the time. Hmm? He's given you power, authority, and to overcome adversaries. Ephesians 6, 12 says, For your struggle is not with flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world, against forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God that you might, when the day of evil comes, be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, just stand. So he tells you that your problem is not with people, not flesh and blood, but the enemy works through people, right? Then it gives a different, whole different series, but it gives rank and order of demons. Principalities are the lowest rank of demons there is. They're, they're like, I always come like gnats in your face that you want eat and you got watermelon out there and just like you went to a cookout and it's like they're everywhere. Like, welcome to Alabama. Humidity and gnats. Well, that's what principalities are. Just always, yeah, 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 yeah. And sometimes that generally comes through people. Could, could come through thoughts, but a lot of times it comes through people. Don't raise your hand, but how many of those people are like, yeah, 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 all the time? Principalities. But your, 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 your battle's not with them. They're just, they're like gnats. Right? But it's from the demonic world. So we have to become skilled in our thoughts, which means you've got to filter them. Is this from God? Is this from the Word? Is this from people? Is this my soul? This is what I'm feeling. This is my circumstances. Where is the, where, where did it originate? You deal with the thoughts. Then you become very skilled in your speech. The word profession and the word confession is the same word. Confession, when you confess the word, the word confession just means this. Speak the same thing. Say the same thing God said. When you confess the word, you're just saying what God said. Paul also called it profession. 
Well, you think of profession, you think of a professional. Many of you are professional in your own trade. You and I ought to become professional at speaking the word. As a swordsman is with his sword. So when you gain control of your thoughts and words, then you'll take control of your life. Now, you just, uh, I think I can do this in 10 minutes or less. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If you're making notes, you may want to make some notes about this. There is some mistranslations in the English Bible of that verse. It's not that it's going to change your whole world, but this might help you to clarify some of it. Sometimes we didn't have the English words to correctly translate you know, what was said in the Greek or the Hebrew. But if you do a study on this, Hebrews 11, 1, I believe you'll see this is truth. So Hebrews 11, 1, once again, says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The word substance should probably have been translated assurance or confidence. Substance should be translated assurance or confidence. The word hope should be translated in some of your Bibles. It is should be translated expect or expectation. I mean, if you hope, if you're really hoping, you have an expectation. The word evidence means proof or beyond a reasonable doubt. You go that real quickly. The word substance should have been translated assurance or confidence. The word hope should be translated expect or expectation. The word evidence means proof beyond a reasonable doubt. Now, can I put all that in Hebrews 11, 1 and read it to you the, the way it should sound? Y'all ready? Okay. Now faith is the confident assurance of things expected, the certainty of proof beyond any doubt of things yet not seen. Does that help you? So faith is expecting to receive something that you can't see yet or expecting something to happen and not doubt in your heart. We know from Hebrews 11 too that God framed the world with his words. Now, this is what this is this is my assignment to close with this morning. And we won't and we won't go there. I have got it written out in front of me. It's in Daniel chapter 10. And and I think everyone here, if not, there's two there's two scriptures recorded in in the book of Daniel, Daniel 9 and Daniel 10. I'm going to refer to both of them, but I'm going to read something out of Daniel chapter 10. And this is what he told me. It says, he said, that saying that, that people have loose lips sink ships. He says, that can't happen with kings and priests. That can't happen with people I've given assignment to. He said, don't let them lose the war with words because the assignment before them is, is, is not even to you, to this generation, but for generations to come before here. You could change and alter the course of your life here this morning, but way beyond this, this morning. In other words, what I saw was I saw your prayers and I saw demonic spirits as you prayed to come and they circled around your prayers that, that, that they're, not, they're not going. In other words, you, you wonder why sometimes some things take so long. No one wants to say that because it's a good word, people. But that's it's like, I really do believe this. But see, you can have faith in your head, but it really not be in your heart. In other words, you can have knowledge in your head, but, it's, but you haven't made it faith knowledge. The reason why you know that is because you're always talking about your circumstances. When you're always talking about your circumstances, your faith is in your head. It's not in your heart. 
And, and that's not a criticism because if you, you know, if you have enough trouble long enough and you have pain long enough, pain has a voice to itself. Huh? So I didn't say it's going to be easy, but I said it's all things are possible. I know a little bit. I know I have an experience with what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. Amen. I could give in to experience many times. And probably a few times that I did. But I, I chose this morning to go beyond experience. Hmm? Because I believe this word. I'd rather go to heaven and miss it and never receive the healing for, for myself or other people, but still be believing God and going to heaven than always just wondering and guessing. Well, so God's looking to give answers this morning. So what I, what I saw was this, as, as you're speaking the word, this is not every time, but, but this is specific this morning. This is to you. And I asked you to bring the people who really need to hear this this morning. And I think everyone needs to hear it, but obviously everyone didn't. But you're here. I can't preach to who's not here. I preach to who's here. And the way he put it, he says, you will be addressing royalty this morning. Amen. That's what he told me. He said, you, you will be addressing royalty this morning. Amen. I don't know how much you think you're, you're a big deal to God. Amen. I mean... Joe Morris, I mean, some of you know and some of you don't. He says, I don't know if God has these things, but he, could, but he didn't have to send Jesus. He, and Joe said, Joe said, I don't know if God has these things, but he said he could have sent his cousin, his nephew, or his bird dog if he had it to redeem you. But he couldn't, he, but he sent his best son, Jesus. So you are a big deal. If it took Jesus to redeem you, you are a big deal. But we need to elevate, elevate, elevate into our thinking to say this, this is your worth. What's your worth, Jesus? You have to be because now you're joint heirs. And he said he's the, he, Jesus is the first born again from the dead among many brethren. Jesus is your elder brother. He's your brother. One translation says you and Jesus are womb mates. I don't know. Wow. The womb mates. Amen. Other translations says you are his offspring. Hallelujah. You're the offspring of God. Who's your daddy? <laughs> Amen. I love preaching y'all. Y'all so easy to preach to. Praise the Lord. No church probably ever called me want me to try. I, ain't, I don't want to try for nobody. Hallelujah. <laughs> I done been testing, tried, kicked around, rolled in the dust and everything else. I don't, I don't, I'm not looking for a new experience. <laughs> Amen. So Daniel 9, we know that Daniel prayed. And, uh, and, and I didn't get this myself. Uh, not, not all of what I'm going to say is this, but, but, but I read this from, from Andrew Walmart years ago, but, but he contrasted, some of you might have read this, Daniel 9 and Daniel 10, where he both prayed. And he did something interesting I never thought about doing. This was years ago. I listened to this. But in Daniel 9, he read the prayer because his people was in cap, you know, captivity. And he says, well, the prophets just said, by now they should be released. But see, John Weston said, it seems like God can't answer some of our prayers unless someone on the earth speaks or prays. See, see, see the authority? It's because the, it was time for them to be released according to the prophecies. So Daniel said he's hard to understand. And it depends on, depend on how we all read and the speed in which you read. But in Daniel 9, he prays the prayer about he's talking to God. 
And it's something like three minutes to read it. And how many remember Daniel 9, while Daniel's praying, the angel shows up. That's a little different. I mean, that, that's pretty quick, isn't it? <laughs> and so he's praying and, and the angel shows up and he says, he said, we came as soon as you, as you set your heart to understand and, and you began to speak words. He said, we, we were sent from heaven because of your words. And then, and then he gave him understanding of what he's praying about. Well, skip from there to Daniel's 10. And then, and now it's the same man praying to the same, to the same God. And here's his words. Verses 12 says, then said unto me, fear not, Daniel, from the first day which you did set your heart to understand and to chasten yourself before God, your words were heard. And the angel said to him in Daniel 10, he said, I've come for your words. I, I'm, I'm here because of your words. Jeremiah 23 said, your words like, it's like a hammer, a fire that, that breaks the most stubborn things into resistance. He said, but the prince of Persia, the kingdom of Persia withstood me one in 20 days, which is what, of course, 21 days. But lo, Michael and one of the chief princesses came to help and I have remained there within the king of Persia. And now I'm here to make you understand that all shall befall your people in the latter days for the, for the vision is for many days. So Daniel 9, he prays and instantly an angel shows up. Daniel 10, he's praying, same Daniel, same God, 21 days. He doesn't mention any resistance in Daniel chapter 9, but for some reason, we don't really know because the Bible doesn't tell us why he had resistance. So some things that you have prayed or even thought about, I've had things I've thought about, had him prayed that it came to pass. That's, that tells you the, the intent of the heart and the imagination. Jesus would pick, on, pick up on people's thoughts. He said, you're, you're thinking this in your heart. And so he would address them. You know, why is he eating with these people? The tax collector and this woman, if he knew who she was, he wouldn't be speaking to her. He says he, he knew what was going on in their thoughts. Well, he knows what's going on in your thoughts. Right? So there, there's no resistance in Daniel chapter 9, but once again, there is in Daniel chapter 10. So, so he said there's 21 days. And then Michael comes to help him. So there's, there's this sometimes resistance, not all time, but this is, this, is what it, this is my assignment. He said, there's people here who have prayed, who are believing me. He says, there's calls, there's assignments, there's graces, there's you know, graces to, to do different visions, ministries, whatever. There's things that you just need personally, you know, whether it's uh, healing or whether it's finances or whether it's something in your home or marriage. And, and, and you've been believing God and you've been speaking it, but it seemed like it's, it, it's just kind of in a holding pattern. I, I, I know that can apply to everybody in here. That's just not one or two people. But you really know in your heart if I'm speaking to you. And so the Lord wants me to just remind you that you're a king and a priest, that you need to declare the word because the, this is how I saw it. Like Michelle's praying and you got this demonic spirits around her to keep her words from piercing to go and speaking. I mean, words, uh, like Mark Hankins says, your words is like your address, your voice pattern in the spirit. You know, people use this in technology now. They can determine by someone's tape or a phone call by, by voice who that person is. Well, you, you, you have an address in the spirit. In the spirit realm, it's, it's your voice. So your voice sometimes gathers resistance based on what you're speaking. So if I'm trying to defend Michelle and her words like this, 
and God sends help, you know what the help's probably, I'm, I'm just, I don't know this, but where do you think the help's going to show up at? I think someone's going to tap me on the back. Uh-uh. I don't know, may come between us. I don't know. But when God sends help, he's going to have, the, the spirits are going to have to address the angelic spirits. Gabriel showed up. Michael showed up. Hebrews 1 said that ministering spirits have been sent to us who are the heirs of salvation. Amen. How many of y'all believe in the angels? Amen. Psalms 103 said angels are those beings who excel in strength. And what they do is they hearken waiting for the voice of the word. Of the word. But what are they hearing? Oh, this is killing me. That, that's not much they can get involved with. Nothing ever works out for me. How do they get involved in that? We're not going to be able to pay our bills. How do they get involved in that? My kids are the da 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 How are they going to get involved in that? Faith decrees the answer from the beginning. Now, the soul doesn't want to do that. It wants to talk about the problem. But you know this. Faith decrees the solution. Pray the solution. Speak the solution. Don't speak the problem. But you understand that there are times when you plant a seed that there is night and day, day and night, night and day. It may happen quickly. It may happen over a period of time. But if you want to be a king and priest and you want to rule and reign, then you're going to have to act just like God who says, oh, what you trying to do? I'm, I, I, have you ever had people do that? I've had it years ago. I don't get much anymore. People say, well, you teach and preach. You're just preaching like, like, like you, you're trying to act like God. I says, you got it. You got it. Keep, keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. They said, that's blasphemy. No, no. Jesus said, me and the Father and you are one. Amen. Jesus said in John 17, the glory he sent me out with, I'm sending you out with. Amen. I had, had an elder minister tell me one time, he says, son, you better watch it now. You're trying to steal God's glory. I said, no, sir. No, sir, I'm not. I'm, I'm not trying to steal his glory. I said, I can't steal his glory. John, I mean, John 17 said, he, he, he gave me, he sent me out with glory. If he gives you something, that's not stealing, right? right. Hallelujah. Amen. So we just address whatever the situation is. Now, you, you, you understand their spirits. Now, this king of Persia he was talking about, that Michael was talking about, or was talking about, that he wrestled with 21 days, that's the spirit over Persia. Persia is the place, right? It's the country, it's the nation or whatever. But that's the spirit that was ruling over that. There's angels assigned to you. There's angels assigned to the uh, states. There's angels assigned to nations. There's angels assigned over churches, families, and all such. There's, there's more angels than we could ever count. And they have certain assignments to do. We have, we have angels right now, but according to people who are praying over this nation. And they have a job to do, and they'll do their job. They, they will do their job. But they do need our cooperation. They need words to ride on like your car needs petroleum to go. So if you're not speaking the word, the angels are just sitting there doing nothing. They're, they're dormant. So speak the word faithfully and it'll be just like a hammer and it'll break those things. They're stubborn. And, and, and I just saw this big hammer. When you begin to speak the word, uh, it, it's, I, I'm not going to tell you what to say. All he wanted to do was say, pay attention. You know this already. Amen. But you've been a little lackadaisy about it. He was, and believe me, it came to me first. But he said, you've been a little lackadaisy about it. So I just had to sharpen my pencils. Amen. Like, I, I know who I am. I know, I know what I have. 
And I've been dealing with the flesh more than I have the spirit sometimes. You know, it's like, well, I don't like this and this, this is going on. And that, that's taking me away from it. So I can go back to the mountain. Jesus didn't say write, write about the mountain, post the mountain on Facebook. <laughs> he didn't do that. He said, speak to it, right? Amen. Tell it to do what? Go, go but be removed. Be removed. Wouldn't that be just really fun that if your problem got removed today? Amen. You're removed today? That if your income was restricted, they got, you know, so we live on a fixed income. Well, what if it got refixed? Huh? Wouldn't that be cool? So, well, there ain't no way to do that. Well, you just sealed your fate. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, Lord, we just speak your word right now in the name of Jesus. We speak your word first over this nation, the United States of America, and we, we speak of the nations that, that shall receive this word, that there are angelic spirits working in our nation right now, working in Washington, working in the governor's mansions, Father God, and throughout all the Senate and the Congress, Lord, that this nation will go the way that you have for this nation, for you have a great assignment for this nation, and that, and that assignment shall come to pass. And we just bind every demonic spirit, every spirit that works against the purpose of God for this nation and for this state of Alabama, for, for the state in which we live. We speak of freedom in the spirit. We speak of freedom to speak the word of God, that the word of God shall be received. We thank you, Father God. That has been declared many times, many times by many prophets have spoken this for years and years that Alabama has been chosen and the th their signature is the glory that be known as the glorious state. And those words that have been spoken, whether it be, whether it be by tens of decades or a hundred years or more, we, those words are still there in the atmosphere. We bring connection to them with our words and we're in our faith. Oh, I see that in the spirit realm right now. And we activate those words that have been spoken. And we, we release our own words this morning that Alabama is the glorious state. Alabama will be a state, hallelujah. And I see those chains breaking. I see the great wrecking ball coming in in the chain and removing the walls. And like the Jericho walls begin to fall down with a shout. I see as the word is being spoken this morning from the hearts of your people that the resistance against them and the resistance against this nation and this great state, I thank you, Father God, that it has become weaker and it has become weaker. And we declare and decree that the angelic spirits that are with here, that are with us now and that are in the atmosphere in our state, that they, they cause those walls to fall just like Jericho. And the, the enemy and the assignment that he has against us, it shall be no longer so we exact the words of God against you. We speak the words against the resistance. We speak the word against every demonic spirit. We command you in Jesus' name to fall. We cancel you from your assignment against God's people, against their home, against their body, against their finances, uh, upon the vision, upon the destiny of their lives. We command it to be broken now in Jesus' name. We command the physical body to become strong and heal. We command parts to 
The, the, the people, we, we said we're talking about physical parts and organs, things that people uh, need to be restored in their body. We speak a great glory. We speak a great glory, the greater glory that's within you, that's within us. We decree that glory right now in Jesus' name to be healed and to be whole, for things to be restored, things that have been taken away from the people we commanded to be restored to righteousness right now in Jesus' name. The Lord says, the Lord says to you, uh, shout for the victory is yours. Shout for I have heard your word. Shout for it shall be as I have said. Shout for it shall be as you speak. For when you and I are coming to agreement together, <coughs> we are partners together. And the angels and the angelic spirits are hearing and they are moving across the realm of the spirit. And they are causing great things to happen. Oh, and you'll begin to see them. And you'll begin to see in just time shortly things that resisted you. Things that have, that have come against your family and your children, against your finances and against your body. You'll see a great... Oh. <laughs> now, no, Lord... I've seen that one time and you know when. Well, it is that. In blended, I seen it. Boncona, by Osirma. King did a bo Sunday, bunda, see, and then the Shabaha, and then the Boko, and then poo, poo, poo. For the visitation of the ministering spirits shall be, shall be, shall be led by the angel called breakthrough. <laughs> the angelic spirit called breakthrough. For the resistance against you is being broken right now, says the Spirit of God. Oh, <laughs> Someone said, I don't believe in that you know of a spirit called breakthrough. Well, let me ease your mind. Would you care what he called if you got was called was given breakthrough? <laughs> Glory to God. I, I remember what that angelic spirit did back in 2010. I remember what you did and what you showed me. I remembered that we was in a political situation personally, and there was no way out. We were trapped. No way out. I remember that visitation. I remember that angelic spirit, and I remember what happened shortly after that could not happen. And the Lord says, I'll do it again. I'm doing it again. I'm doing it again. I'm doing it again for all who believe and who will speak my word. In the name of Jesus, we're going to say three times breakthrough. In Jesus' name, we decree breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough is mine in the name of Jesus. Now give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you. 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 Thank
I, I heard the Spirit of God said, <laughs> wasn't talking to me. And he didn't tell me to tell you this. What I simply heard was this in the realm of the spirit. I heard a, I heard an interaction between a spirit and a demonic spirit. And it was real simple. He said, uh, just now, I mean, I heard this interaction with the spirit and a demonic spirit. And he said, your time's over. Your time's over. In other words, he's telling the devil, you're, you're out of time. You're out of, <clears throat> y'all just got set on God time. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Go ahead and receive your miracle right now in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, in the Psalms, it says, in the Psalms, it says, the Lord has gone up with a shout. The Lord has gone up with a shout. <laughs> Jericho walls fell down, not with a whisper, but with a shout. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory, 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 glory is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. <laughs> who washed us and cleansed us with the blood of his own son. Who made us kings and priests before God to rule and to reign with him on this earth and forevermore. So we take our place. Washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, cleansed and holy, redeemed from God, redeemed by God, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are, we are God's son. Therefore, we are the devil's master. And then we can serve mankind and we can serve mankind because we are the devil's master and we are the devil's master because we are the sons and daughters of the most high God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Well, we're on it. We're on it. Amen. Did you get it? Did you receive it? Now, begin to continually speak the word faithfully. Don't give the voice to your feelings. I, I, I know sometimes we, we, we all have. I'm not, I'm not judging anyone. So you don't know what I've been through. I, I don't. But, we, but we, you know, we all have a story. But here's your real story. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah.